It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff, are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddie? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Good afternoon, everyone. Welcome back to the program. It's Betting Across America, and we are presented by BetMGM. I'm Mike Pritchard, your host live from Las Vegas. Your other host today, live from Denver, Colorado, James Salinas. Uh, James, uh, we're approaching the start of training camp. Certainly, that's going to uh, allow us to get to preseason games as well. Joint practices, too, which I think will be very competitive. Uh, so the Rams coach, uh, Sean McVay, said he believes Daryl Henderson, the new court, uh, running back there because of Akers' injury, uh, is an every down back, but emphasized needing to make sure he stays uh, durable or if he can stay durable because it gets thin. You lose Akers and now your backup becomes your starter. Uh, nobody likes to go into the season with the backup to the backup as a backup. If you catch, if you understand that, because it's a you fall off a cliff from a talent standpoint, uh, and then certainly from uh, a reliability standpoint too, from a coaching uh, angle. Absolutely, you got to stay durable. That comes with well, we think I think we see that with so many running backs. For mm-hmm. the most part, we don't see these guys that get out there and bang it twenty-five times a game, thirty times a game, like we've seen. Aside from uh, the exceptions like a Derrick Henry, but aside from that, I mean, really, these guys—it's running back by committee with so many teams. And yeah, you're going to have your lead back, but they don't have. There's going to be times where they don't. They're they're sitting a series. Uh, just it, it is in a sense in-game load management for running backs because it is. Now you've added an extra game. Now you have 17 games. It's another additional game for players to get banged up in the running back position. It's the lifespan of an NFL running back is getting shorter and shorter. It seems like, and really unfortunate for for Cam Akers to to blow his Achilles out, and yeah. because it just just really got going the second half of the season last year and got really involved with the offense going forward. And I know that that in years past, anyway, when it was at least Jared Goff there, they needed that sense of a running game, get some balance, and take some pressure off of Goff, but also open up the play action game. Now with Matthew Stafford there, you are going to be thin at the running back position. 
position. And yeah, are, you didn't bring Matthew Stafford over and make that trade the way that you did so he could sit there and hand off, to, hand, hand the football off to running backs. So yeah, the, they're not a deep team now in the backfield for the Rams, but that's not why you brought Stafford over, right, Bridge? Well, of course not, but they do need to establish the play action, though, because McVay, I mean, that's what his offense is off of. I mean, everything is predicated off of that zone running scheme. Uh, and so you have to have the threat of a potent rushing attack in order for uh, Stafford to be effective that way. Otherwise, you're just going to be in drop back. Uh, so they do have to establish, in my opinion, Daryl Henderson, uh, who's now going to be the starter because of Akers, that injury. Uh, but if he's not durable, they're going to have to have more than capable uh, backup situation too because that's incredible. I mean, think about Terrell Davis when he had the migraines in the Super Bowl. And everybody's heard that. Everybody's seen Mike Shanahan. Hey, they're not going to go for it if you're not in the game. They're not going to go for a play fake. So uh, I think you have to have a threat uh, if you're the Rams. Ten and a half their win total this year too. Yeah, I mean, that's just the the NFC West, the toughest division in football from top to bottom, in my eyes, most competitive division, let's put it that way, where all these teams are going to, it's just going to be a, a slugfest each and every game when they're playing divisional divisional opponents. But yeah, I think for the Rams, if there's one thing that Matt McVay can do, I think he'll figure it out and figure mm-hmm. out what do we need to do with the stretch run game and, and that zone scheme? Because a lot of times it's, it. we've seen this before in the past. Think about the Denver scheme. You mentioned Terrell Davis. Well, it, when Terrell Davis went down, it was almost plug and play. They they were getting, they were getting guys you never heard of before. I think Anderson came in and was tremendous there in that in that blocking scheme and and it you know find the read one cut put your, put your foot in the dirt and go and yeah I think they'll find. I mean that's we see running backs come all the time that we haven't heard of that step in and, and have a good season and I think for the Rams there's going to be depth teams are going to cut players too if they don't like where they're at currently uh, beyond Henderson and the and the lack of depth right there at the running back position. I think James Robinson undrafted free agent that was the only bright spot and the only playmaker that we saw all season long for last year for the Jacksonville Jaguars. There's other backs that are going to be out there available. I wouldn't be too, too concerned right now with the durability here. I think the Rams, it's all going to be predicated on Stafford. Maybe that play at, maybe the, the, the playbook opens up more with Stafford out there because now he can have more vertical throws that we didn't see a whole lot of in the past with Jared Goff under center. Yeah, absolutely. I think uh, McVay is uh, probably looking at the situation because he's from the Shanahan tree that uh, you can replace a running back with another running back, uh, but you have to have an effective player. So uh, they're looking for that type of success uh, from the Shanahan experience. Uh, certainly whether Kyle uh, out there in Washington with Mike or whether it was Mike out there in Denver uh, as well. So keeping an eye on that uh, with the Rams. It's Betting Across America and we are presented by BetMGM. I'm Mike Pritchard, your host live from Las Vegas. Your other host, James Salinas, live from Denver, Colorado. James, breaking news. Uh, Adam Schefter is all over the place right now. Packers and Aaron Rodgers close to a new agreement. <laughs> uh, apparently, this would set up Rodgers' departure after this season, too. Uh, so, obviously, there's been some concessions here from Adam Schefter. He's, t- he's talked about this. Like, if Aaron Rodgers is going to report to camp, he needs a way out of a contract situation because long-term with the Packers is not uh, going to compute with Aaron Rodgers, apparently. Uh, so... If the, both sides have come to this type of an agreement, what does that do from a betting perspective with Aaron Rodgers going into a one-year situation with the Packers and a new contract agreement? Well, I think the distractions we talked about, all right, well, at least if he is back on, back on the field and playing quarterback for 2021, at least that part of the distraction is gone. Mm-hmm. But I think the animosity is, it doesn't mean things have been rectified. Right, they're still having, they're still going through divorce court here, and and I think for for Aaron Rodgers, he's still got to sleep. He's sleeping in a separate bed at this point still. And how does that impact his thought process, his focus throughout the season? We know he's a competitor. He's driving to go win championships and has the the talent to do that. But I just don't like getting involved with things when you have a distraction going on, and that's a big distraction. If this is his last season, there so much talk will be forward thinking. What does that look like for Aaron Rodgers after the? season constantly having to be asked questions about those things I just stay away from when we have any kind of disconnect or dysfunction going on within a locker room or within a franchise there's usually opportunities for me to either bet against it or just stay away from it right now uh, still speculation so until things get solidified I'm staying away from all bets with the Packers and anything to do with the NFC North everything's off the board right now too for Green Bay still Um, you know (laughs) it is fascinating I, I I don't think I've ever seen a quarterback be in this situation before in which 
uh, it's known that they have, uh, I guess, come to some agreement uh, and they're going to work out when you can leave. Um, whether your contract runs out, we saw that with Tom Brady. His ca- contract ran out. Uh, they were not going to renew that. They still went to the playoffs, um, but certainly didn't go further than that. Uh, and now here's the aftermath for the Patriots. I don't know what this sets up for Green Bay in terms of the 2021 season, but it is unique because typically quarterbacks are value, valued, uh, James, their CEOs uh, and teams. They, they don't have an exit policy for quarterback that's under contract, if you know what I mean. So uh, this, is, this is new territory, uh, uncharted territory in terms of how to bet Green Bay this season, uh, if you ask me. Yeah, and that's why I'm not going to. I don't want anything to do with putting any money out there right now because just the the speculation, the hearsay, the the, the sources and what's being reported, all those kind of things. Again, I'm very pragmatic in my approach to most things in life and in particular when it comes to betting and how things should be is not how they – however, I'm more – tell me how things are as opposed Mm -hmm. to the way things might be or should be. I just want to take it for face value at what it is. And right now we still just don't know. So no need – and no need to get involved right now. Yeah, we're always trying to find the best number and take advantage of of some shopping around and finding value and those kind of things. But sometimes that's okay. There's plenty of other games to bet on. we got some baseball games to bet on too. You can win some money today without having to wait around and figure out all this drama with with Aaron Rodgers and and the front office. Is the Green Bay Packers. Well, they did have the Instagram post too, him and Devontae Adams. Uh, I guess, what is it, the last dance reference? Because he had Pippen uh, and Jordan uh, out there on, on a simultaneous uh, tweet or, or Instagram post. Uh, whatever these kids today, James, are doing uh, with their social media platform trying to make statements. And, but this is what this is about, though. Uh, Aaron Rodgers making a statement again, uh, orchestrating an exit policy from a team he no longer wants to play for. Pippen and Jordan. I didn't realize Aaron Rodgers had won six titles, and Devontae <laughs> Adams was a part of that. Yeah, okay. I, that whole reference, I don't right. understand the PC, yeah, the Instagram, the the tweets, the twats, all those things. I don't get too too much involved with when it comes to social media, but that's the way that things are communicated now, and that's instant gratification when it comes to information. Uh, but we're hearing all these crazy reports. Well, how many are right? I'm, I'm, I want to know. It's not about being first, not for a better, no. for me in this standpoint no. here. I want information. Mm-hmm. I want the right information, not who gives me the first information. Well, you had Ian Rappaport with that report. I guess Adam Schefter had to top that one, uh, the earlier one. So he has this news about Rodgers, and that's all it is. It's just news. Uh, do not depart any money with your wallet at all. You asked me about the Packers right now. Uh, deep diving into the Dallas Cowboys, because Jerry Jones uh, is emphatic about trying to get back to the Super Bowl. Uh, he even had a quote lately about um, Dak Prescott having the best, best practice he's had as a Cowboy. Uh, so there's optimism out there with the Dallas Cowboys right now. Dak Prescott apparently looking very good, James, in camp. Nine and a half is their win total. Your thoughts on the nine and a half situation with the Cowboys? I think if you look at that, well, let's look at the roster first. And, and we know once Dak went down early in the season, completely different team. And what they were doing offensively when he was in there, they, I mean, they were lighting it up. And they had to because their defense was getting lit up. So they needed to be able to match scores. And it was a lot of high-scoring affairs while Dak Prescott was healthy. And I think we'll continue to see that. The defense, in my mind, for the Cowboys is not going to allow them to remain competitive week in and week out. It's going to have to rely on the offense to to pick up the really pick up the pace for them and score points because they will be in a lot of high scoring games but I think about the offensive line for Dallas and I think where when we saw Zeke and as much as as earlier in his career and feeding Zeke and he was pounding the football so much of that was really predicated behind a terrific offensive line that's what was lost last year a lot of injuries we know Tyron Smith barely he played two games last year so he was a non-factor Collins didn't play at all last year he should be back and at the right tackle. So you got your left and your right tackle solidified back to where you would, what we're used to seeing. And I think the other piece too is you'll have Zach Martin. He'll be back. Mm-hmm. He, he was in and out of the in and out of the lineup, missed a lot of time. So having the offensive line back fully healthy and think about the the options that they're going to be able to throw the football to with Gallup and Cooper and Lamb, like a lot of speed, a lot of playmakers, a lot of hands. 
we're going to see a lot of high. I think we're going to see kind of a repeat before Dak went down. I think we'll see kind of a repeat of what we did last year in those first few games for the Cowboys. A lot of fun games to watch, high-scoring affairs uh, for both sides, you know, for both teams because Dallas can't stop anybody, but they're going to be able to put a lot of points up on the board offensively as well. So then if we want to dig into their schedule, I think the schedule, you know, starting off at Tampa, that's never favorable when you're going to go start off on that Thursday night game for that mm -hmm. home opener for the last year's Super Bowl champion then they'll go on the road to the to the chargers from there but then it's pretty favorable as it, as the season progresses from there you're gonna have three winnable games at home with philly carolina and new york uh, against the giants two divisional games but the division is not a very good division looking at this win total and looking at how this schedule kind of plays out for them I, I don't like the defense for the cowboys whatsoever pritch but i do like that offensive line coming back healthy and i like this dak prescott coming back healthy i don't care what jerry jones says if he's been as best practice i need to see it on the field first we'll have preseason games coming up they're going to have the first preseason game now i don't know if he'll play but they're going to play the hall of fame game mm -hmm. against pittsburgh coming up next uh, what in a week and a half yeah i played in that game uh with the seattle seahawks uh, always festive to go and play in that hall of fame game uh my first year up there in seattle so that was an interesting situation uh and you're right about that they're not going to take any chances with dak prescott this year he didn't keep him healthy uh before he exited the season he was averaging over 350 370 yards per game passing the football uh, and with Gallup, Cooper, Lamb, I mean, so many, so many weapons, so many weapons. So uh, what you said about the offensive line is true as well. All the focus on the defense. So enter Dan Quinn, a new coordinator. They got Micah Parsons. They've been moving him around the defense as well, James. Uh, Van Der Esch, we'll see what happens with him uh, in, in that defense. And J Jalen Smith, a fine player too. The secondary's got a young player in Kelvin Joseph as well. Can Dan Quinn... Uh, match the expectations that Jerry Jones has. I mean, uh, from a betting standpoint, it's nine and a half uh, win total to finish first in the NFC East plus 115. Can we bet on that? Thinking about the defense, you talked about Dan Quinn. Now, Dan Quinn needed a fresh start. He needed to get out of Atlanta. Just still that that franchise still reeling from blowing that Super Bowl lead 28 to three late in the third quarter to the Patriots a few years ago. And now he gets his fresh start going to Dallas, but you mentioned the young players in that secondary. That's just it. When he was in Seattle, terrific defense, but that was the Legion of Boom. This is not the Legion of Boom here for Dallas. There's <laughs> nobody out there laying any booms by anybody. You mentioned Van Der Esch. Well, he's got to stay healthy for one. I think Jalen Smith has been you know, having that knee injury prior to the draft was disappointing for him, but really hasn't caught on yet. I think the I see those linebackers. They really struggled against the run. It seemed like they were out of position and missing the holes a lot of times, and maybe part of that was scheme, but part of that, too, could just be uh, there's some technique and detail. Yeah, can can that be fixed by Dan Quinn bringing him over to to run the defense? Well, I guess for Dan Quinn's credit here, he has nowhere else to go but up because that defense was so bad last year for the Cowboys. So, yeah, you can expect some expectations for them to to have some positive regression, play better than they did last year. But that's really just because they had nowhere else to go because they were ba really last in the league in so many different defensive statistical categories. Yeah, to make the playoffs, they're minus 140. To miss the playoffs, plus 115 there as well. Um, Demarcus Lawrence is on the PUP list, but he'll be back uh, for the season. Yeah. Uh, looking forward to what the Dallas Cowboys defense can do. Let's look at some of the player prop situations. Dak, 47, 75 and a half passing yards, 32 and a half passing touchdowns. Amari Cooper, uh, 11, 75 and a half reception yards, seven and a half receiving touchdowns. And then you got Lamb, over 1,000 yards too, 1,050 and a half receiving yards, six and a half receiving touchdowns, primarily from a slot position. I, I would anticipate Amari Cooper and Michael Gallup to still remain on the outside. That's so got to figure out what is that now for a full season because we really didn't get to see it right with mm -hmm. the the offensive line being beat up the way that it was and Prescott only playing a few games and the fact that you've got Gallup too who's got speed to get out to get down the field and play outside the hashes outside the numbers as well not really sure how those targets are going to be there's a lot of targets to go around I think that's probably the concern if I'm wanting to get involved with any of the receiving totals here we know the rules are set up in the NFL that benefit the receivers benefit the passing game but I just I, I would need to see it I don't know if I just don't know how that distribution of passes are going to go but as far as Prescott if he's back fully healthy and hopefully he is and we'll be able to start to see some preseason games and see how he moves around out there. 
I mean, 4,700, 4,775, that's really lofty. We know there is an extra game there, but then think about the defenses that they're going to play. Aside from the Washington football team within their division in the NFC East, you're going to be able to face the Giants, that young secondary twice, and the Eagles, I think they're still, they couldn't fight, they couldn't stop anybody last year on the, in their secondary, and not much of a pass rush either. So just in the division alone, and then we mentioned some of the other teams that they're going to play, some pretty soft pass defenses. You're thinking about Carolina, that's a soft pass defense. Mm -hmm. Minnesota was very young in the secondary as well. You're going to play Atlanta. You're going to play the Raiders. Rich, so there's 400 yards passing right there for <laughs> Dak Prescott. Boom! I'm talking myself into it right now. If we're looking at one of these props, it's got to be I just can't see. They're not playing a lot of top 10 defenses outside of the right. Washington football team and Tampa to open the season. I think there's going to be a lot of points to be scored, a lot of passes to be thrown by Dak Prescott, plenty of targets to sling it to, an extra game. 47 and 175 yards it's a lot of not it's a lot of yardage but I, I don't want to bet the under I could see that going over for Dak uh, you know the Michael Gallup situation is interesting too because he's going into a contract year I remember at the senior bowl I was there uh, on the field uh, as teams were coaching Michael Gallup people thought he could be a first round pick he went in the third round to Dallas uh, so a lot of upside right there we'll see what kind of year he has uh, in a contract situation what about Micah Parsons defensive rookie of the year He's a favorite at plus 400. Uh, I, I mentioned earlier, James, they were moving him around. And so a Quinn defense, you can have inside linebackers rushing off the edge. Uh, and certainly with Micah Parsons, I mean, he has the ability. Running a 4-3, uh, he's just an incredible athlete. Incredible athlete. And there's going to be plenty of opportunities to make tackles because uh, the, the teams that they're going to be playing again, like I said, I think these are going to be a lot of shootouts. So I think it's, yeah, it's, if you're thinking about a defensive player in particular, a linebacker to win defensive rookie of the year, they're going to have to make splash plays. And a lot of times the splash plays are going to be plays in the backfield. So is he going to get the opportunities to rush the passer and get into the backfield? Tackles for loss is one thing on running backs, but the big explosive plays of uh, blindsiding the quarterback, knocking the ball loose, strip sacks, all those kind of things, I think that's those are the splash plays that you need to see. And for a new defensive coordinator coming in and now having to fit this new scheme where there's just not a ton of talent all around him, he's going to get the opportunity opportunities is Micah Parsons, but just don't love the talent around them where mm -hmm. teams can kind of focus and make sure they know wherever Parsons is lined up in their defensive scheme on said particular personnel sets that they're going to be conscious of where he is. So uh, he's the favorite sitting at plus 400. That's not big enough price for me. Okay. I don't want to, uh, not a bet I'd be making. How about McCarthy 25 to one coach of the year? No. <laughs> okay. It's that simple. No. Yeah. Too much. Here. I know it's McCarthy. <laughs> Yes, 25 to 1. It may as well be 125 to 1. I wouldn't want any piece of that. I just, I just think that, that what did we see from him last year from a leadership standpoint? His players, yeah, they had injuries. Plenty of teams had injuries. Were they competitive? and just didn't see. There was plenty of games from the Dallas Cowboys where it just didn't see a whole lot of effort. And we talked, there was talk about some disconnect between. Mike McCarthy, and mm -hmm. it's a whole thing. He's got two generations, right? He's the older coach there, and uh, disconnect as far as communication styles, those kind of things. I think there's still some uh, – that doesn't just change throughout the offseason here. Yeah, somebody to, to bet on to win coach of the year, they'd have to run the tail. They'd have to go 14-3, and three, some sensational piece, get number one or two seed in the NFC into the playoffs, and I just don't see that happening. All right, and then Dak Prescott, comeback player of the year, plus 180 if people are interested in that. You know, what, what comes to mind with Micah Parsons uh, going back to defensive rookie of the year. Yeah, plus 400. I'm going to keep an eye on it uh, because I know the league's the copycat league, James, and we saw Devin White just emerge from an athletic standpoint to be a, a disruptor uh, and a force out there. So uh, people think that Micah Parsons can kind of be that type of player defensively as well. Yet yeah, doesn't have the talent around him yeah. the way that Devin White had in in Tampa Bay either. So work in progress for Dallas. I'm going to stay away from that. Yeah, one. yeah. I'm going to keep an eye on it. I'm not going to bet it right now for sure. I'll just keep an eye on that situation with Micah Parsons. Uh, coming up next, we're going to return to Major League Baseball again. Interesting games on the schedule. Uh, James and I will go over those coming up next right here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Attention all wrestling aficionados. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. 
This is Freddie Prince Jr., and I am beyond thrilled to announce that our wrestling extravaganza is back, and joining me once again is the one and only Jeff Dye. Get ready as we highlight the most jaw-dropping matches, dissect the fiercest feuds, and uncover the latest twists and turns in the world of pro wrestling. We're dusting off our legendary side quests and unleashing a barrage of brand new segments that will keep you guys on the edge of your seat like our talks on unsanctioned Thursdays. Freddie, you know we gotta give the people what they want. This season, we have an all-star lineup of special guests who are gonna be gracing our podcast, bringing with them their own unique insights, experiences, and all of that in the world of pro wrestling and beyond. Whether you're a seasoned wrestling veteran or a fresh-faced newcomer, we promise an experience like no other. So buckle up, wrestling fans. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty, Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape. You can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game-changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So, listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slammed up as well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James! LeBron James! And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Indeed's instant match searches through millions of resumes in Indeed's database to deliver candidates who fit your job description instantly. Get more at Indeed.com slash credit. Welcome back to the show, Betting Across America. Mike Pritchard, James Salinas with you today. Uh, James, going back to Major League Baseball, we got the Reds on the road against the uh, Cubs. And maybe an opportunity because, uh, because of the Cubs and the fact that nobody knows what's happening with the Cubs, uh, including the players, right? Uh, so we have a situation. The Cubs are a favorite at home, minus 128. Always plays play well at home, but uh, eight and a half is the total in this game. Your thoughts? I'm looking at the under here, first five. It's sitting at four and a half. It is a dollar twenty-five. It's juice to juice to the under, sitting at four and a half in those first five innings. But to your mention about the Cubs, yeah, there's a lot of players in that lineup that are going to be wearing an, uh, a different uniform here within le- basically in a week. 
And where's their mindset? We really haven't seen it. Yeah, they got the advantage of coming out of the All-Star break, being able to play two series against the Arizona Diamondbacks, worst team in baseball. But Cubs team, this is just not a t- These guys are ready to pack their bags, and they know they're getting shipped. So mindset here to compete. Red's still trying to stay relevant in there in the NL Central and uh, need to bounce back here. And you got Miley on the hill, and I think mm-hmm. that's where I'm going here. Both these pitchers, both with Hendricks right. and with Miley, both pitch really well. Miley's got better as the season's gone along just three earned runs in his past three starts over 21 innings so he's eating up some innings as well and had a quality start on july 4th against the cubs as did hendrix versus the reds on that july 4th game and he's allowed two he's he's been giving consistent quality starts here reds are missing castellano in the lineup as well i'm gonna go first five under sitting there at four and a half yeah, I cashed a ticket with the Cubs and under with uh, Hendricks was on the mound, too. So uh, that's not a bad play right there, if you ask me, James. Uh, let's look to Chicago White Sox uh, and the Kansas City Royals. The White Sox, 24-23 uh, and 23 on the road, even though they're a, a nice uh, ball club there, James. Minus 120 on the road, 9.5 uh, is the total. Yeah, I was thinking of getting involved here with, with Keuchel, but really betting against Mike Miner on the other side for the Royals. But, you know, watching that game last night, I know there's a number of injuries to the lineup for Chicago. They'll get their, their, they'll get their lineup fully set here mm-hmm. next at some point here in August. But I think really the intensity of that game last night, if you watch Sunday Night Baseball and the White Sox going in and, and salvaging a game in that series against the Brewers, great Great performance by Lynn at the plate as well, yeah. driving in a couple runs and was the difference maker all the way around in that game here. Uh, sometimes a little bit of a letdown. It was a really high-intensity series against the Brewers, and then especially last night on Sunday Night Baseball, now traveling. I was wanting to get involved with the White Sox, but ultimately I think I'm just going to pass. All right, and then we got Detroit, uh, whose uh, bubble has bursted um, <laughs> lately. Detroit's on the road against Minnesota Plus 145 if you want to back the Tigers. Uh, 10 uh, is the total here. Give me the plus price here. How how are how is Minnesota? Talk about a bubble that's mm-hmm. burst. That's the Minnesota Twins. There's plenty of teams that have not expect, met expectations this year, but Minnesota's got to be at the top of the list when it comes to disappointments. And they're sitting last in the AL Central right now. There's 16 games under 500. They already traded away their best bat. Nelson Cruz is now in Tampa and having a good time down there. Yes, he is. Hitting the ball over the, hitting the ball over the fence. And how are the, how is this team favored? That's a big favorite. I understand why they're favored, but to be that big of a price favorite here, especially with Pineda on the mound, he hasn't been very good. He's been in and out of the Mm -hmm. rotation a lot. He's had multiple injuries, so he's been in and out a lot. Hasn't had any consistency as far as staying healthy, Uh, but over his last five starts, has not pitched well at all. 21 innings, he's only gone in those five starts. 16 earned runs, and he's not fooling anybody either, Pritch. Just 11 strikeouts here. Uh, This is really going to be more so a bet against the Twins, a bet against Pineda. Tigers plus 145 like you said here. Right. Uh, not only with Cruz out, there's some speculation more to come as far as trade goes. Uh, trades go for the Minnesota Twins, maybe trading Max Kepler out of right field as well. Anytime those things are swirling around and your season is, has hit the skids, Tigers still, the one thing we've seen with them, yeah, they didn't play well over the weekend. Got Brack brought back down to earth going into Kansas City and getting swept against the Royals. But the one thing we do see out of the Tigers, Pritch, mm-hmm. that team plays hard. Right. The guys are they're running out ground ball like this team plays hard. They give effort. Give me the team with the effort at a nice plus price here against the team right now that is going sideways and probably more guys going to be leaving that team here before the trade deadline. Recency bias, I guess, with the Tigers because they lost three games in a row after having a seven-game win streak, uh, James. So uh, dog situation right there uh, to back uh, uh, Detroit Tigers on the road against Minnesota, uh, plus 145. Again, the total uh, in that one is 10. Uh, we'll get back to Major League Baseball, but up next, though, James, I want to get to uh, this conference because the odds of a conference championship suggest uh, this top team to be an overwhelming favorite. But should they be? Are these odds too high? We'll discuss that. Come up next right here on the program uh, when we continue. Also got to get to uh, all the breaking news from Aaron Rodgers' situation. We'll get back to that, too. But uh, some college football discussion here with the ACC and the Pac-12. This coming up next.
The VSIN football betting guides are coming soon, and there is no better way to prepare for the college and pro football seasons. Our experts provide profiles of every team with advanced stats and power ratings, plus best bets on season win totals, division finishes, and player awards. Each guide is only 20 bucks, and discounts are available when you buy both. Now is the time to reserve your copies or sign up for the VSIN All Access and get everything we offer for the entire football season. Sign up now at vcin.com slash subscribe. Welcome back to the show. It's Betting Across America, and we are presented by BetMGM. Mike Pritchard, James Salinas with you. Uh, James, so in the ACC, Clemson is minus 900. They have 11.5 for their win total. But North Carolina at plus 850, 9.5 with their win total. Uh, so I'm wondering why uh, a gap here uh, in terms of that much of a favorite uh, in, a, in a conference, which I think is going to be more competitive. Mac Brown and what he's done in a short amount of time with North Carolina and a Heisman Trophy caliber quarterback at plus 850 seems like uh, there's some value there. If that's that, that, I wouldn't go any further than North Carolina. You look at Miami right there, plus 900. Question marks about De'Ara King. I can't imagine that De'Ara King. Here's another one. Late season surgery on his knee, ACL surgery. Unfortunate for the young man. Decides to come back to school, plays in the bowl game, and blows his knee out yeah. in the bowl game. Had he had surgery in January. So by the time we get here to September, we're a month away. He's going to be eight months removed from ACL surgery. And he's somebody that needs his wheels. He's he's a dynamic he's dynamic dynamic playmaker when he has the the threat of being able to utilize his feet. Well. If He's not going to be fully healthy and and thinking about whenever he does get back onto the field, it may be too little too late. Just think about, look at the schedule that Miami has to play right away. Not only with De'Ara King being injured, we know they lost a lot of talent defensively uh, from an edge rushing perspective and linebacker perspective for the Hurricanes and still can't get visions of North Carolina just continuing to run. I think they're still running for touchdowns <laughs> against the Miami Hurricanes from that game last year. Uh, but they get to open up of all teams. There you go, Miami, with whatever you're going to do at the quarterback position, probably not going to be Derek King, you get to open up with the defending champions. You get to play Alabama and then follow that the next week against App State. Now, you know App State will come and they'll be ready to play on the defensive side of the football, and that's the biggest name that App State has on their schedule outside of their conference games. The biggest name on their schedule is going to be Miami, so they're going to come in fired up for that. And then Miami's got games at North Carolina. They play at Pitt, and then for whatever it's worth, Florida State can't be any worse than what it was. We know it's a rivalry game down there. They'll play at Tallahassee with that rivalry game against the Florida State. So that is a really tough schedule, and their season win totals are sitting at 9 and a half that's the first place i'm looking i don't think anybody's going to knock off clemson i don't i'm not going to take i, I don't want to bet on on carolina to be able to do that i think there's sam howell's great but mm -hmm. a lot of other holes to fill and just not the talent from top to bottom on that roster to match up with a team like clemson i think everybody's playing for second place but if there's looking for somewhere to get involved here as far as like something season win total wise yeah. here with miami hurricanes give me the under nine and a half see the team like clemson like i'm, I'm trying to figure that one out because of okay trevor lawrence ATN's gone. Offensive line revamped. Uh, they're going to start all over. A new culture with DJ, the young quarterback uh, who came in when Trevor was not available because of COVID. Uh, I, that culture changed from a quarterback that's been in a program that's did so much, Trevor Lawrence. That's hard to replace at times, too. I know this kid, DJ, he's, he's incredible. He's one of the best recruits uh, in the country at the time. But he's unproven for the most part. And then you have Sam Howell on the other side, who's a Heisman Trophy uh, candidate on the other side. And that offense averaged over 41 points a game last year. They did. Now, they did lose some talent, definitely losing Williams and Carter in the backfield. Those are the guys just kept running and running all over Miami. But they've got some other talent to be able to fill in. Mac Brown's really incredible job. Just a, such a short period of time to, you know, he was able to sign, be able to pull, pull Sam Howell away from FSU. But I think... Yeah, I mean, can they? Are they going to be competitive with them? Absolutely, they're going to be able to score points. Sam Hell, you get a quality quarterback like that out there, always gives you a chance to be competitive, especially against the big names and in college football, namely Clemson in the ACC. But I just feel like Clemson is just as yeah, they're they're going to be a lot of changeover, and a lot of teams do that. But is is Clemson now, Pritch, in your mind? that level like we see not quite at the Alabama level where it's just a uh, farm system right. feeder, <laughs> feeder program 
into the NFL right. with so much talent coming in for Saban. But let's just say, you know, from one step down from there is Clemson in that range where now it's not about rebuild, it's about reload. You know, I don't think they're at that level, James. Uh, as a program, though, they are up there. They're one of the elite programs in the country for sure, uh, but not to the level of Alabama. Uh, by the way, they start off with Georgia uh, to open up the season. I think Georgia's going to be improved, too, now that they've settled down a direction with quarterback. Uh, that's going to be a big test. That offensive line now without ATN and without Trevor Lawrence, those kind of playmakers, uh, a new offensive line against that defensive front against Georgia is going to be very interesting and very telling to me in terms of what type of season uh, Clemson could possibly have. I agree, and I think I think Georgia. That that's a that's a well. We get to find out. Mm-hmm. Clemson are they are they going to be able to reload? Are they at that? Are they at that level reloading with talent? Because you are going to see, and we know that DJ at the quarterback position, he's going to come along, young quarterback. We saw him perform very well in that in that Saturday night game at Notre Dame in South Bend. But that's a tough matchup starting with Clemson for Georgia. So for me, as far as national championship is concerned for yeah. Clemson, don't like their chances to get in there and, and get back into the college football playoff and win the entire thing. I think get back in the college football playoff, but can they win the whole thing? I don't like their chances to do that. But as far as the ACC is concerned, maybe it's there, like we mm-hmm. talked about with Sam Howell, being able to, and he's capable of having one of those, you need one, it's just one game, and you right. get into that title game in the ACC, one game that quarterback plays well, and you can win that, but uh, but aside from North Carolina, there's no other contenders in the ACC, and everybody else is kind of middle of the pack, middle of the road there. It is clearly Clemson, that's why they've won it six straight years. Maybe mm-hmm. give a shot. You talked about it. Plus 850. That's a pretty nice number for North Carolina, Mac Brown, and Sam Howell and company. But, yeah, it's so hard to go against the Clemson Tigers because <laughs> they've been so dominant in the ACC for, for the last, what, six, seven years. Yeah, I hear you. Because Virginia Tech, and like you mentioned, uh, Miami uh, Miami is going to be hard to replace a lot of those athletes. We heard from Gino Toretta last week, uh, and he spoke of that trying to just replace people that get drafted to the National Football League like Alabama routinely does. I mean, that program's just not at that level. Virginia Tech uh, has fallen off, too. I think that coach is on the hot seat up there. There's a number of coaches on the hot seat there. <laughs> think about think about where some of these programs are going. Look at Louisville. I was thinking Louisville, the, the hype around the offense. Yeah, they had some playmakers on there. Cunningham's a uh, dynamic playmaker at the quarterback position. But defensively, they can't stop anybody either. Mm-hmm. There's just a lot of teams on the defensive side that are going to, uh, within the outside of Pittsburgh, is there any other team out here that you, aside from Clemson, that you trust their defense in the ACC? Yeah. Not for me. All right. Two-team race right there. One minus 900, the other one plus eight. 850. Uh, interesting uh, choices right there in the ACC. How about the Pac-12? According to the odds, James, I think the conference championship is up for grabs. Let's discuss that and breaking NBA news coming up next right here on the program. Attention all wrestling aficionados. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. This is Freddie Prince Jr., and I am beyond thrilled to announce that our wrestling extravaganza is back, and joining me once again is the one and only Jeff Dye. Get ready as we highlight the most jaw-dropping matches, dissect the fiercest feuds, and uncover the latest twists and turns in the world of pro wrestling. We're dusting off our legendary side quests and unleashing a barrage of brand new segments that will keep you guys on the edge of your seat like our talks on unsanctioned Thursdays. Freddie, you know we gotta give the people what they want. This season, we have an all-star lineup of special guests who are gonna be gracing our podcast, bringing with them their own unique insights, experiences, and all of that in the world of pro wrestling and beyond. Whether you're a seasoned wrestling veteran or a fresh-faced newcomer, we promise an experience like no other. So buckle up, wrestling fans. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty, Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, 
Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So, listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slammed up. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. With BetMGM's Money Monday Club, a $10 free bet will automatically be added to your account when you place a total of $50 in wagers between Monday and Sunday. That's right. You'll wake up to a $10 free bet every Monday just for betting $50 during the previous seven days. Get rewarded for your bets every week at BetMGM, the king of sportsbooks. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions must be at least 21. Located in Colorado, Iowa, Indiana, Michigan. New Jersey, Nevada, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Washington, D.C., Virginia, or West Virginia. Excludes Michigan. Dissociated persons, please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem, 800-522-4700. In Colorado, Nevada, Virginia, and Washington, D.C., 800-270-7117 for help in Michigan. 800-GAMBLER in New Jersey, Pennsylvania, and West Virginia. 800-BETS-OFF in Iowa, 800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana. and in Tennessee, call or text the red line, 800 800- 889-9789. Money Monday Club not available in Nevada. Welcome back to the show. Betting Across America presented by BetMGM. Mike Pritchard, James Salinas with you. Uh, James, breaking news out of the NBA, the association, the Grizzlies and Pelicans have agreed to, uh, on a trade to send Jonas Valanciunas uh, 2021 uh, picks 17 and 51 to New Orleans for Stephen Adams, Eric Bledsoe, 2021 picks number 10 and 40, and a protected 2022 pick as well. Well, yeah, pick see, via the Lakers as well. Via the Lakers. Yeah, all <laughs> yeah. these other picks. I know. Okay, 51st pick. There's the winner right there, the number, one, 50 <laughs> num- the number 51 pick in the draft. I, I think for thinking about Memphis – how they played this season, what we saw out of them in the, I guess, the the playoff and the play-in, and then how they performed against Utah. It's a guard-oriented team. It's right. all about Brooks and Moran beating you off the dribble. They want to spread the floor. They want to open things up. They want to play five out. And Jaron Jackson, a young player, too, was out for most of the season. He had off-season knee surgery last year, then finally getting back. But he would never really clearly himself. He's just working his way back into playing shape as the playoffs were going on. So welcome back back young fella but I think that's where they want to go you may see Jackson Moore it's going to be a smaller lineup they want to spread the floor very athletic they want to get out in transition and I think for Valanciunas 
he's got great talent as far as shooting the basketball. He's got good touch, big fella on the interior. But if you're trying to get your, your young fellas to be able to, for guys like Brooks and Morant, to be able to get all the way and drive to the cup, you don't need somebody clogging up the paint with a big fella in there like Valashunas. I think his contract was going to expire at the end of this season, too, or this upcoming season, potentially, too, at the end of 2022. So maybe moving some contracts around. But ultimately for the Grizzlies, yeah, I think Stephen Adams, he's just going to be a spot player to play defense. They're probably going to want to be a smaller team, more athletic team, and a younger team there with their guard play. So I guess it could make sense. They're looking for the future, and the future is going to be Morant and Brooks in the back and yeah, the backcourt. Right. I mean, we had JVT on the program earlier. Not exciting news from NBA in terms of trades, right? Uh, we'll see what happens with Ben Simmons. Uh, those are the more attractive names, but uh, here you go, though. I mean, before the, the offseason or the draft really begins, here you got some movement here in the NBA. Uh, and then also news from the National Football League because of the Aaron Rodgers' development. I guess apparently Devontae Adams is willing to listen uh, to the Packers, even though they've had contract discussions already that they broke off recently. It's one of the, well, isn't that special? Good for him. Right. He's ready to listen about sure. getting a big contract. Well, I would think, yeah, if you're looking at getting a big contract and getting him to pay, of course you're going to listen. Now that is now that his buddy there is a Jordan that's back with the Instagram posts mm. and those things. Now that Rogers is potentially going to come back. Now that definitely has an impact on Adams wanting to stay because yeah, it's a package deal for Adams at least. Yeah, great receiver, makes great plays, great hands, great route runner, tough down in the red zone too. But sure helps when you have a Hall of Fame quarterback, Aaron Rodgers, throwing you the football. If he's going to stick around for another season, why wouldn't Devontae Adams want to stick around as well? Yeah, let's get to the Pac-12, James, because the odds suggest that this conference championship is up for grabs in football. You got Oregon plus 250. Their win total is nine. Washington plus 350. Their win total, eight and a half. USC plus 400. Their win total, eight and a half. Arizona State plus 400. Their total win in eight and a half as well. Yeah, the the win totals. I think that there's one conference to think about last year to take away. What, what can we take from last year's college football season? And some some conferences got to play a full season, played mm-hmm. 10 games, 11 games, and some conferences only got to play a handful, and that definitely applied to the Pac-12. So I don't want to try to take too much away from what we saw last year in the Pac-12 and move it over and apply it to what we'll see this season. Uh, but thinking about for a team like Oregon, question marks at the quarterback position, and and really what is that going to look like for Oregon? Is is Brown going to be able to come in there and be the quarterback with the, you know, they run a lot of the RPO, a lot of a lot of decision making at the line of scrimmage for these quarterbacks and got to have some mobility back there and quick thinking and work in progress as far as that is concerned with Oregon and I think that's where looking at I dig into schedules a lot Pritch and mm-hmm. and we think about college football and and if there's one mainstay in the Pac-12 when it comes to the knowing the identity of program, what they're going to look like from year in year to year, year to year, that is going to be Utah, and that's Kyle Whittingham. I'm, I'm definitely a fan of Kyle Whittingham as a coach and what he's done at Utah. I've always that that's a team that always overachieves. It's a team that that. We know what they're going to be. They're going to run the football. They're going to be tough up on on both sides of the line of scrimmage. They're going to tackle well, and they're going to be physical, and they're going to try to wear you down and be more physical than you are over the course of 60 minutes. And they're, for the most part, most games, they're going to be the better prepared team because they've got the coaching acumen to get these kids prepared. Winningham's been there for a long time there in Utah, and I just try to stay with some stability there, and I think with Oregon, a lot of question marks for me, not only at the quarterback position, but then look at their schedule. Their schedule is going to be difficult. They're going to have a game at Ohio State, so get a good measuring stick of what that's going to look like for Oregon, but then they're going to have games playing at UCLA. They play at Washington, and then late in the season, going to play at Utah. I think that's probably a very pivotal game there for Utah, because the other side for Utah. Aside from one game that they got to play at USC, the rest of the road games for them in conference are pretty favorable. Playing at Arizona, we know there's a mess down there. Playing at Stanford and at Oregon State, that's a very favorable schedule in my mind for Utah. Tough games are going to be played at home, namely that game late in the season against Oregon. Sticking with uh, Utah too and at South Division, James, okay, they got Charlie Brewer who transferred in from Baylor. 
Uh, so a well-coached team, like you mentioned, the, the culture, the atmosphere up there is unprecedented, really. I mean, it's a difficult place to play uh, when you're talking about traveling up to Salt Lake and then the altitude and all those factors. So if they can get it going with Charlie Brewer, that gets interesting on the south. You got SC, you got Arizona State as well. But how about Cal in the North Division? Because they're sitting at six and a half. Uh, with their win total. Washington, I think there's a lot of turnover from a Chris Peterson to their new head coach. Uh, but Cal gets interesting. Back-to-back winning seasons, 28-1 uh, to 1 in terms of competing for the North Division and also that Pac-12 Conference Championship. Yeah, I, I don't think I want to go quite that far to say they'll compete for the Pac-12 Championship. I think within the North, you talked about with Washington and yeah, you know, with Jimmy like being the head coach now, he's part of part of the the coaching tree for Chris Peterson. So some, even though Peterson was there and really able to stabilize that program, once once he left and uh, left Boise and was able to go in there and and have some consistency from Washington that we're used to seeing. I know when you played, Washington was big stuff back in the day too. Beat him uh, down too, James. Think, <laughs> yeah, no, I remember that game. Put it on him. Um, but but I think at the quarterback position here, there is going to be some transition. I think Washington, we will typically just see a very competitive effort from the Huskies on defense. We know it is definitely a home field advantage when they are playing up at, when they when they are at home as well. Uh, the quarterback position, though, this Dylan Morris, is he he doesn't have the, the type of ability that we saw out of Jacob Eason, and I think mm-hmm. that's where there's going to be some limitations offensively for Washington. So just within that side of their division, yeah, maybe with Cal, that they could take a, a look there. I don't like, I don't like their ability. I don't like Cal to be able to, to, to win the entire thing and win the Pac-12 conference, but if with Oregon's schedule, we talked about the schedule the way that it was and how that might shape up. That's a challenging schedule for Oregon with some question marks there. And if Washington does struggle, can we see a competitive effort out of Cal to be able to compete in the North Division there in the Pac-12? I think so. Yeah, that's what I was saying about that North because I think it could be wide open. And you never know what could happen during the course of a season. Uh, injury here, injury there, key injury. I mean, Oregon, uh, a great example right there. Cal, not the program stability. Uh, but some momentum. Uh, and then you have that turnover in Washington. Just It seems like the North is just really wide open. This conference is wide open, but that North in particular to me is re- really wide open. Yeah, the conference as a whole. I mean, there is there. I mean, you talk you talking about the numbers to win the conference, and you know, they're it's they're really short numbers, but they're really compacted numbers. You got Oregon yeah. plus two fifty, Washington plus three fifty, USC plus four, Arizona State. What is your take on Arizona State <laughs> and Herm Edwards there? I mean, it, so many things always swirling around off the field for that program, and with Herm Edwards, you know, he's going to tell he's not going to sugarcoat anything. You don't have to read between the lines. There's no. Sp- speculation when it comes to Herm Edwards. He's going to flat out tell you uh, the state of where he's at, where his team is at. Um, and you have Antonio Pierce there now. He'll be solidified as the defensive coordinator. But you have NFL mm-hmm. talent, NFL quality coaches here right. playing in college football now at Arizona State. What is your take with Herm Edwards and the Arizona State Sundells? They're going to have a lot of talent, plus they're going to have a lot of um, returning players too. Continuity, I think, is on the side of the Sun Devils. Uh, if you look at high school football in Arizona, too, James, it's stellar. Uh, and it, they're doing a great job of keeping these players and uh, getting them to commit to Arizona State, too. So uh, you have the clout of Herm Edwards and those NFL coaches uh, to attract the players. Now they just got to coach them up. They got plenty of talent out there, though, to get the job done. Is it talent on the what, what does that look like offensively though? I mean, is Jaden Daniels gonna be the guy? Can he? Are they gonna? You got to coach him up, right? And yeah. accuracy is part of it. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, their schedule is very challenging right. too. Road games. They're gonna play at. We'll see what BYU looks like, but playing at UCLA, playing at Utah, and at Washington. Yeah, that's going to be a tough. I just think about that side of the division um, with the Pac-12 and just think, thinking how the schedule shakes down in Utah. I just feel like that schedule mm-hmm. is very favorable for Utah and just less question marks in my mind for that team going forward. I still like Utah in the yeah. Pac-12. Maybe some calzone money on 40-1 to 1 for my bus. <laughs> James, that was awesome. Uh, take care, uh, and we'll see you uh, soon. Absolutely. All right. Always a pleasure to work with you, my friend. Take care. You too. You do the same. James Salinas right here on the program. Come up next, my guys in the desert right here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network.
It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff, are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddie? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.